I feel like a lot of people end their days, their weeks or whatever, an accumulative amount of time. A lot of this is desperated around the new year because they're like, what happened this year? I had these things that I wanted to do or accomplish and there were nowhere in sight. Like what actually happened? And that's what I mean when I say take inventory, take those moments to figure out what did happen. Why did it happen? What were the time thieves? And are you okay with some of the time thieves? The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Hi, guys. I'm Rachel. Welcome back. Thank you for spending your time with us again this week. Get it, Kels? Uh, That was funny. We're going to talk about time. (laughs) Today's episode is all about getting back more time. And I think one of the things that we always say when we're talking about the pie, the pie of every life and every day is that like there's only so much and like you can't create hours that aren't there. And that is all true. However, you can maximize the ones that are there and you can do sort of a life audit to see if the way that you are spending your time is fulfilling or if it sucks. When we start to think about time, like we can all agree that time is incredibly valuable and honestly, arguably one of the most valuable resources, things that we have on the planet is time. Like when people look back at their life, they don't wish for more money or they don't wish for that they had jumped in the pool. I don't know, like done some weird things, but they do wish for more time. And so then it becomes, well, how are we using some of our time? And that has sparked quite the discussion, especially in the health and fitness space about how we can utilize our time better, because there's all kinds of arguments about we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Then there's the, no, we don't because some of us have different things. And it's like, we have different priorities. Then it becomes this like tit for tat of like, who has the most time and who is utilizing it the best. And when we really started to dive into this topic, that becomes extremely individualized, but There is so many ways that you can stop and evaluate how you are spending your time and how you can get some time back. And I think that was one of the most exciting things for me when thinking about this topic is that this argument over time really goes into this like, no, we don't have the same time because I have kids. Well, you made choices. <laughs> and those other things Sounds are like just- your problems, sis. <laughs> you made choices and value systems are different. And But at the same time, we can look at ways that we can adjust and get some time back without 
And this is one of the most important parts without having to do things that are essentially making you miserable, like waking up at 4am or skipping the things that you enjoy. Because when we really talk about time, what people want you to do is limit your sleep or skip things that are actually bringing you joy. Not on this seem like that's where we trade. <laughs> Not on this podcast, friends. We would Not never. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to make this as a forever promise. I am never going to ask anyone to wake up at 4 a.m on this podcast. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. That's a that's an unle- uh, godly hour that everyone should be asleep. If you're awake at 4 a.m., I want you to feel personally attacked by this because <laughs> why are you doing it? No, I'm just joking. Unless that's on your value system. Listen, you- <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about it's it. It's not on Rachel. Your hair looks God, fabulous man. today. Oh my God, thank you so much. And it's clean. <laughs> The only thing I can ever say when people say, remember, remember the lady that came over and she was like, ah, and I said, I showered. No, I've, no, it's, (laughs) I shower. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's worth it. Go back. (laughs) Multiple times a day. I just don't always wash my hair. My hair is clean. That is my correct answer. But I want to really like for a second, just go into the health and fitness version of time, because like there's all of these versions of time. But when we talk to, I know this is going to speak to our people because our people are, are those that are really pushing to maximize their life. And they are go-getters and they want fitness and health to be in there. And they're listening to podcasts in their spare time to learn more about how to maximize their life. Now, that's a person that if given a couple of really great tools can just absolutely annihilate time management. They can make it their freaking bitch. And I know that when it comes to health and fitness, we always are pushed towards these ridiculous ways to include exercise or the grocery store or calorie count is like, well, if you just simply never slept, quit your job and like get it together. Like if you could just do those things, you would be really healthy. And it's like, that's not what this podcast is going to be. There is going to be no 4 a.m. wake up calls. There is going to be no just find a way to cook a meal from scratch where you baked your own goddamn bread and the whole nine. Like, no, it's not going to be like you that. because baked bread, Rachel? Oh, God, no. <laughs> that is not in my priority. It popped it's- into my mind, and I was just wondering. You have a personal vendetta against me. <laughs> no, I don't. Which I Do understand. I? Do I? <laughs> Maybe a I little. <laughs> I like the way it tastes. I'll tell you. When mom was into that, like she had, had a, a phase, a phase, and she was like, "It's rising," and there was yeah. all these steps. And I'm telling you, when she said, that, "Oh, it's coming out of the oven," I was like, "I'm on my way." Yeah, because that no, it's it's delicious. delicious. I I started following a a girl on social media who bakes bread. I'm never gonna do it, but like I enjoy it for her. Like I <laughs> like. I'm I like, love this for I just, you. I just like love it for her. I'm like, this is clearly like bringing you so much joy. And like, like, I know. And I'm not even someone who like watches food things because like, I'm not 
I'm not really a cook, but I did bake bread once during my mom's phase of baking bread. Cause like, I'm one of those people, like I'll try anything. And she's like, this is so much fun and it tastes so good. And I, that was the only time I did it. <laughs> Listen, imagine how it is, went. This is I was such incredibly a good, impatient. This is such a good introduction to why time management and time itself is so relative. Like mom said baking bread was fun and that's what she wanted to do with her spare time. I would rather stick a pin in my eye than (laughs) use my spare time or free time or time that I want to spend on something interesting to watch bread rise. I mean, I'd rather, I'd just rather not. And, but that doesn't mean it's wrong for her. And that's why we can't set these general guidelines of like, successful people wake up at 4 a.m. and work out. No, they freaking don't. Successful people bake their own bread. No, they don't. We're all defining our own bread baking story. Yes. I'm the eater 100%. of the bread. I'm the eater. And I know where <laughs> I fall on that, on that scale. And that's why I, but I do think it is important to do some of these things and try some of these experiences and decide, is this worth it for me? We're going to ask you to take a lot of inventory of some of the things that you do on a daily basis, some of your habits, some of the things that bring you joy during this podcast today. But it's important to really know thyself and know whether you're a bread baker or a bread eater. I know during that process, I remember telling the person I lived with at the time, I'm going to check on my bread baby. And it was this like, because you covered it up like it had to go I know. to sleep. It's like in a, a cradle. I know. Yeah. It's so adorable. <laughs> the whole like, thing oh, is. She's not ready yet. And then I was just so impatient. And I was like, well, is this, did I do it wrong? And it was like, no, Kelsey, it said, like, let it sit for like five hours. It's been 30 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> checked it nine <laughs> times. <laughs> That's not appropriate. <laughs> It's inappropriate. And I realized how much anxiety it was actually causing me. But when you think about time and you think about the management of that, maybe during that, those five hours, like mom's going to like do a bunch of other things. She's like accomplishing a bunch of other things while her bread baby rises. I can only think of bread baby. (laughs) (laughs) Accomplishing else. Because I'm ruminating on bread baby baby, and the fact that I might forget it. So we're going to keep checking it. But like, it's literally only been 30 minutes. But if I let an hour go by, I could let 10 hours go by. You know what I mean? You never do know. (laughs) Sometimes one hour becomes 10 hours. You just never do know with that ADHD brain. And I do want to hit on specifically how important the knowing thyself is when it comes to time management, especially in... Um, neurodivergent people, because it's a whole nother set of challenges. And if you've identified yourself as a person that struggles in a neurotypical world with like time management and, and distractibility and stuff like that, this is, this fits for you too. I know that we most say like, hey, there's no one size fits all. But when it comes to knowing yourself, that is kind of the one size fits all. Because once you do that step, you're like freaking on the road. But here's what I want you guys to leave this podcast with, right? Okay. What we're going to do here is we're going to first define your core values. Okay. I know that is a weird thing when it comes to like 
well, how does that have to do with time management? Like what I value, like, yeah, but how do I get all this stuff done in a day? How do I do that? How do I get more hours? It is so dependent on core values and you cannot maximize your time before you define those for yourself. I want you guys to leave with the idea of what a time thief is and how you can avoid them, how you can recognize them and then avoid them. They're like, I, I picture them like goblins a little bit. Yeah, you know what I'm I do too. Like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. They're coming in. They're just a couple hours here, a couple hours there, but even it doesn't even need to be hours. It can be 10, 15 here, but that sets you back another 10 from doing another thing. Then you were, we're at 20. <laughs> I hate that. The I hate, and then I'm like, yeah. So, uh, I want you guys to leave with a sense of some self-sabotaging behaviors that you could be exhibiting that could be also stealing from your time. So there are time thieves that come in from the outside and then there is self-sabotage that is something that we need to look inward to is look, why am I doing this behavior and how is it stealing from my time? And then we're going to obviously, we never leave you without actionable tips. We're going to give you actionable tips that I know for a fact are going to gain you hours back in your day. And I cannot think of a single person that when you say like, hey, want a couple more hours in the day? Be like, nah, 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 nah. I'm good. Don't need them. <laughs> I'm good. So that is what I'm hoping you guys leave with today. And let's kick it off with um, defining your core values. Yeah. So, I mean, this may have, for me, when you think about time management and how we're spending our time, core values was the first thing that came to mind. So, but I think it's one of those that can be it, not necessarily difficult to define, but since they change over time, we need to continuously take inventory of what our core values are and how we're restructuring some of the time to meet those core values. And some of the things that I, I want you to think about as we talk about this is that over time, your, your value system or like the things that you want to prioritize your time has definitely changed, but you may have put systems in place that were aligned with your previous values. Who was at the top of the list a year ago, six months ago? And I, when I say who, I don't necessarily mean a person. I mean, what was at the top of your list? And we put those systems in place. And sometimes we're still living on those systems, although they don't align with our current values. So when I want you to think about your value system, I want you to kind of identify some of the things that are important to you. And then I had three kind of categories that you can do when you're asking yourself what the value it what the the, the value is that you're um, identifying where it came from and then you have to ask yourself is it true to me and this is a really important practice because a lot of times we're asked and we have done this in in therapy sessions if you know anything about what I talk about in this podcast where there's just kind of this blanket statement of like, identify what's important to you. Like, okay, people do the thing. But what they're not doing is, is looking at the origin or where it came from, because a lot of those values have been pushed on you, <laughs> on all of us from a societal perspective, from a family perspective. And this can be 
subliminal or it can be, you know, right out in front of you that your, your family say like family is the most important tradition is the most important thing. And you can recite those things back, especially when you're asked in a way of like, what is your value system? A lot of people often recite what's been told to them is their value system. And it isn't necessarily true for them. And it isn't necessarily true for them in this moment or in the season that they're in. So I want to give you an example of that because sometimes it's hard to kind of whittle that down. Kindness, for example, I think we can, a lot of people agree, kindness is is a great value to have. But when you think about the origin of that, where did that come from? A lot of us think about parents, they instilled, you need to have kindness. You need to have kindness toward yourself. You need to have kindness towards others. And then you ask yourself, is it true? So if that's true, then you say, yes, kindness is one of my top values. But on on the flip side, or another example that, that maybe doesn't align, you could say education. Education is, is a value. It's important. Maybe. Hold on. <laughs> What's the origin of that? And if your origin is, is school, and is that true to me? For me, oftentimes I say no with a qualifier, as in, I think that formal education disrupts learning, some, some core learning that I think should happen. And that's, that's when I say, is, is this true to me? The answer is no. Is knowledge important to me? And then you look at the, the origin of knowledge and what that kind of means to you. And then you decide, is knowledge important? Yes. So when you're kind of sifting through some of the other, identifying the values that are important to you, you might, you might say family. But when you look at some of the origin of like, what, where's the origin for that family? Like, how is that instilled? And what does it look like for me? That might look different for many people. They may have grown up with a family who says like, family is the most important thing, but their family is extremely toxic for them. So they, they could define it. No, that's not in my core value system. Or you can say that is true to me, but I'm redefining family in this way, the family that I've chosen throughout my life. I mean, those are two really important caveats that you have to talk about before you can start this exercise. And I'm really glad that, you know, you reviewed those first and foremost, because if you just start given this list and this is how it's done in therapy, you're just literally given a list of a whole bunch of words, describing words, adjectives, adverbs that you are going to decide whether they instill a feeling in you and whether they make it onto your core value system. When thinking about these things, understanding that first, they're going to be constantly changing. And second, that there may be some outside forces that are at play when it comes to defining this for your own life. I can say like, when we whittle it down, is is kindness something that I think is a universal thing that everybody should try for? Absolutely. Is it going to make the top of my core value list? Probably not. And that doesn't mean I'm like a bad person. That means that there are other things that I value more than kindness and they don't have to work for you. But like, I have to just be honest and know myself is like, that's a societal one that people want me to have as first. But if that doesn't come naturally, there is no good or bad is what I also the other caveat is like, there's no like lists that look good or bad. Or if you're trying to make your list so that like somebody will look at it at the end of your life and be like, yes, check, you made the correct list here. Um, it's not going to work. It, the, those are not going to be true to you. So what we're going to do 
is because there are literally unlimited ways to spend your time. Unlimited. There is so many things pulling at you being like, do this, do this, do this. And that can feel like a weird hamster wheel. And I think that is why people have such a hard time with not have not feeling like they have enough time is just there are so many things. How can I do them all? I want to, I want to do them all. We have to run them first through your core values to see if they're going to make the cut. How we're going to do this is we're going to take a sheet developed by therapists and it's going to have all these words on them. And you are going to first, these words are things like, uh, Kelsey gave some examples, but I'm going to give some more. Um, they're in alphabetical order, which I find helpful. These words are things like ambition, charity, dependability, empathy. That's another one that should be like, oh, that should be first on everybody's list. Doesn't even make my top 10. Fairness, health, innovation, love, power, safety, wealth. All of these things are going to be staring at you in alphabetical order. And the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to say, I'm going to circle all the ones that get emote some kind of feeling from me. If you saw the word charity and that felt like a feeling to you, you're going to circle that. There's unlimited amounts of circles in this step. You can circle as many as you want. And they don't have to go through like this, like ringer of a process. You're just circling at this point and no limits, no judgment and working in the caveat that these can change. Then you are going to move to step two, which is going to be narrowing these down. You're going to do highlights. So you're going to take all the ones you've circled and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to run these through like that system that Kelsey talked about is like, did I circle empathy because everybody told me that empathy is a really important thing? Or did I circle empathy because I literally live for empathy? Like that is one of the main things I'm put on this planet to do. Okay. So then we're going to run all of your initial circles through that second ring and we're going to get it down to 10, 10 highlighted words. And then is the really hard part. I It took me days to do this last step. I don't know. Did you do better? Were you able to just like come up with five? There's no better or worse. Yeah, no, I know. But like, <laughs> did you do it faster? <laughs> so, here's, so here's where our brains and our systems work a little bit differently. <laughs> I have seen this list several times and I hated it. <laughs> I'm just going to say that because I didn't feel like I, I felt like they were, it was like a great starting point, but I really wanted to say my own and I really wanted to put them in there under my own, like the way I would describe them more instead of having to be in a category. Like I wanted to put like family here and then put like, where is this origin and what does that mean to me? Is it true to me? So it's just like, I just think sometimes for different people, it's so important to know how you work and how you're going to structure something that essentially you get to the same, the same like end result where you kind of say like, 
okay, like I've gotten to the things that are important to me, but just in a, in a roundabout way of feeling like I will not be put in a box. I mean, that's totally fine. And I, every therapist that I've seen use this and work with this allows you to add your own words. Like you, no one is ever going to tell you like it's, it's these 50 words and like no others. Yeah. So no, but it's really hard to, to, to filter it down into what are your top things. And that is essentially why a lot of people have so much difficulty with time management or allocating their time is because they do have, when, when you look at the list and you say, well, there's 10 things on here, but I only have time for five. And that's why filtering that down becomes so difficult for each person because we do have so many things that we value or that we are holding on to as one of our values because we've decided in the past it was so important. I can't get that off, but this one is also really important to me right now. So you have your past value system, your current value system, your societal value system and the ones. And then of course, in my mind that, that kind of have these almost subcategories of like, these are the people who are important to me. And these are the things that are valuable to them. I want to meet as women we have that running in the back of our mind as I have to keep that in my top priority list too, because, you know, in a roundabout way, it's important to me because those people are important to me. This is why I'm <laughs> I'll saying it all day. <laughs> no, I know. But this is why I'm saying that this final step is so imperative because I tried several times to just be like, I'll just go with 10, but I'm telling you that is not self-serving in any way because the people that say, I'll just go with 10 also take far too much on their plate and have a lot of difficulty and unfulfilling behavior surrounding time management. So I'm going to tell you that even though it's hard and even though it might take you several days, and even though you might have to make choices that you don't even feel like, like I want to go back on that now. I'm changing my answer. It's okay. You can change your answer. But you can. (laughs) And that's the thing. And also you need to get it down to five. You need to. You need to force yourself to finish this exercise and get it down to five. And the five don't have to stay the same your whole life. They don't even have to stay the same till tomorrow. But if you aren't able to edit your core values to a place where you can then run them through a time management system, if you just refuse to let go of any of these, then you will find yourself constantly overwhelmed and constantly feeling like you don't have enough time. So I would encourage, we're going to link an an example in the show notes. I would encourage everybody, go ahead and print it out. Do your first step of circling, go down to 10 highlights, and then as long as it takes you, bring it down to five. And then what we're going to use those for is how we're going to structure our time and what we're going to say yes to and what we're going to say no to. That align with the things that are the most important to you, not the things that are most important to me or Rachel. Because who cares? Because who cares? But the things that are essentially the most important to you. So when we talk about time thieves, like the goblins that come in and were like, why don't I have enough? Why don't I feel fulfilled about the amount of time I'm spending? Why do I end the day feeling like I lived somebody else's life and somebody else's version of what time was? These are some things that you might want to look into. Or if you just 
you end the day with like, what happened here? True. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people or like end their days, their weeks or whatever, an accumulative amount of time. A lot of this is, you know, exasperated around the new year because they're like, what happened this year? I had these things that I wanted to do or accomplish and there were nowhere in sight. Like what actually happened? And that's what I mean when I say take inventory, take those moments to figure out what did happen. Why did it happen? What were the time thieves? And are you okay with some of the time thieves? Because they're going to be there. It's just going to be whether or not you choose to filter them out. Because we, um, like we said, there's unlimited amounts of things that we can use our time for. So identifying things that are stealing it that don't align with your core values is, is like a first step. So the first thing I would run anything through that is taking up any of your time is, is it your priority or is it someone else's priority? Excessive amounts of decisions is so that's almost well maybe this is just a personal thing that's almost the worst time thief to me because the amount of fatigue and we've all had this happen right at the end of the day we get home someone says like what do you want to eat for dinner it's like not one more decision (laughs) not one more I will literally collapse on this floor and start throwing a tantrum if I have to make one more decision. First of all, that's a real thing. Yeah. And secondly, it is built up because a number of things or people were stealing your mental energy and your time by forcing excessive amounts of decisions on you. So, or you put yourself in a place where you have to make excessive amounts of decisions and neither one of those are going to be healthy for your time. I just want to say this, this is a funny one because this will ultimately go back to some of your value system as well, because when you find yourself having a limited amount of energy or you find yourself feeling that decision fatigue, which is just so real, it's one of those times where you can A, lean on people around you and just know that that's okay. And I want to just throw that out there, even for people who feel like they have it all together, they have everything checked to be able to lean on others is a really important part of our just like human existence here. And to acknowledge that sometimes you do have that fatigue. And it's a good time when you are able to acknowledge that and say like, why this literally happened to me the other day, I think it was two days ago, my boyfriend, we were like, he's like, do you want to go to this place? And I was just like, I don't know. Do I? (laughs) And then it was. Do I love that or do I hate that? I literally can't tell the difference. I like looked at him and I was like, I I can't make a single other decision right now. Like I'm so my brain is like so. And he was like, got it. And just like took took it over like okay, got it. Like I'm fine. Like I'm not even going to ask more from you because you were just so honest about where you are mentally. Brene Brown talks about this a lot and she's brilliant. If you guys don't know her, she talks about this a lot in like different partnerships. It doesn't need to be a romantic partnership, but partnerships with people that are around of just saying where you are. She puts in a way of saying like, I have 10%, I have 20% because everyone always says like relationships should be 50, 50, but that's just not true because some days it's absurd because some Mm -hmm. days, you know, you're energized and you have 80% and maybe your partner only has 20, but that's great because you got 80% that day and you're willing to take it on. That's literally the point of a partnership. 
that's literally the point of a partnership, but we set ourselves up for such like failure with our own expectations and our expectations from every people around us by expecting ourselves to show up at a hundred percent or always expecting them to show up at a hundred percent because that's not humans. That's not how we work and we wouldn't need each other if that's how all of us showed up all the time. And I do just want to say that although we're totally normalizing decision fatigue and just coming in and just saying literally not another decision, like that's totally normal. Everyone experiences this. We want to be aware and cognizant of how much we're experiencing. That shouldn't be an everyday existence, right? We shouldn't be coming through the door every single day and being like, oh my God, I can't make another decision. I have so much fatigue. That is an indication that somewhere along the line, someone is stealing your time or mental fortitude um, to a place, someone or something is stealing. Burnout. (laughs) Right. And we're not, burnout is not something that should be experienced on a daily basis. It's really not even something that should be experienced on a weekly basis. It's something that we should be experiencing, but should not be there so frequently. If it is, we know that something needs adjusting, right? I want to speak to the chaos and lack of organization that can constantly be a time thief for people. I think that it's really hard for a lot of people to get a sort of grasp of how much time they are spending because of a lack of organization or a sense of chaos. But we really would be remiss if we did not point to the fact that if we're speaking of time thieves, this is one of the biggest ones. You're so bossy today. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's love season. We're interrupting this podcast to tell you about the season of love. Oh my God. I love love. Don't you love love? No. Oh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I do. Yeah. Okay. You can't really go back on that statement. It was like a, you already, you already went too far down that road. You don't love love, but we have our Valentine's collection dropping and it's for the lovers of love and the anti lovers of love. Because we got that Avril pattern, which I feel is anti-love. Listen, you can go in either directions. You could go self-love, love love with a mate, love with a partner, whatever you want to do. But it already dropped this past Friday and is available for purchase right now. And if you haven't checked out any of our shirts, we got some pretty sassy ones for Valentine's Day. We always do it really nice. So pick up all of your goods for this upcoming February and just plan it. Get hot. And don't say Valentine's. Yeah. And I mean, that that's going to, that's so individualized. That's going to look very different for every person. What looks like chaos to some doesn't look like chaos to others. And so this is just, this is a, a self-evaluation of if I spent some time organizing XYZ, would this essentially save me more time in the future? And that's a, that's a personal choice because I know sometimes the internet wants us to think that organization and a lack of chaos looks like this. And it just doesn't. Brains work very different. Some things like organized chaos is is an actual thing. People feel like see things in a different way and say like, no, that looks organized to me. I know where everything is. And when you put it all away, I can't find it. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a real thing. So this is really a self-evaluation and thinking about what are some of the things that potentially could you do to organize yourself or create less chaos in your life initially that could save you time in the future. And the next one is kind of just talking about some self-sabotaging personality. I don't say personality traits because that seems concrete, but some characteristics that you tend to display or have displayed in the past that could be sucking up some time for you and not moving you closer to your goals and not moving you closer to the things that you want to spend your time on. And perfectionism is one of the first one that comes to mind because a lot of people identify in the perfectionism realm and and I'm I, I'm here for that. I think a lot of people have this tendency to ruminate on certain things. Wait, wait, wait until it's perfect and until they can move forward with it or until they can make a decision on it. And this is one of the things that is going to suck up a lot of your time. Control 100% because if we are unwilling to delegate some of the things that either we don't want to spend our time on or are not part of our core value system, then we're just allowing them to be our time thieves. And you're inviting them in. You're inviting them in. And a lot of time, this idea of perfectionism and control, they they come together because some of our values are systematically placed by if you care about, for example, health, then you're grocery shopping all the time. A lot of us think about our time at the grocery store as a waste of time. That doesn't necessarily mean we don't prioritize our health. We'd like to delegate that by maybe Instacart or we would like to, you know what I mean? Like that's just an example, but some of the things that we've decided, if you prioritize X, you have to do Y. And that's not true. That's not true. I'm thinking of mom. I'm telling her about the greatest invention of all time of Instacart. And she's telling me, gasp, you don't pick out your own avocados though that way. And yes, I can get lost in the avocado section for 30 minutes, feeling up all the avocados. (laughs) But when I look back, do I feel like that was a good use of my time? No, it was creepy. And fucking not, (laughs) it was not a good, I'm mad that I spent 30 minutes trying to find the perfect avocado. I would rather have someone bring me a not ripe avocado or a far too ripe avocado and I didn't have to go. And that is just some, you got to know yourself, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the other ones is a tendency towards distraction or not following through. Multitasking is a big one. And unwillingness to say no and overloading your schedule. A lot of people think when you think about time that multitasking is not self-sabotaging behavior because they're doing multiple things at once. Again, this is very personalized. But if you are doing multiple things at once, you likely are not doing anything particularly well. And... That's a tough one to swallow for a lot of us because we would like to maximize our time by multitasking, but in a lot of ways, it can slow each of those tasks down instead of segmenting them into a completion of tasks. It also leaves very many of them uncompleted, which is like not great for your own self-view 
of how your productivity and stuff. But like I, one of the worst myths that we've been told is that everybody who is successful is multitasking. And I couldn't disagree with that more. Successful people are never multitasking. And that is because, all right, we'll go on neurodivergent in a second, but here's all I want to say about the way that the human brain works is that in a neurotypical person, multitasking really isn't possible. And so the, we are under a falsity that we're multitasking and we have been told that that means we're working really hard. And in essence, it actually means that we're not completing anything with the full amount of our attention that it could have. And that is a shame because we are told in order to work hard, we must multitask. But it, when we are multitasking, our brain is doing it signif- at a significantly lower level than we could be if we were actually concentrating on it. I know you're going to get mad at me because I know that neurodivergent people work a little differently when it comes to the multitasking. But I'm just speaking for the neurotypical crowd. Here, you, you speak to... I don't want to beat a dead horse on this one by saying like you have to know yourself, but if you take inventory of some of the tasks that you are completing or not completing and you look at the way that you do complete them and you have decided, is it working for you? Is it successful? Is it productive? And if you have decided that the way that you complete some of these things is successful, it is productive, it is a good use of your time, then you have figured it out specifically for you. So that's why it's, it's never this one size fits all, but you have to take inventory of some of the things and have it punch you in your face sometimes with multitasking in what a, a neurotypical brain can do and looking at a neurodivergent brain and the anxiety or procrastination that is caused by you know, a single task because, you know, the brain is going in so many different directions and how difficult and drawn out something like that can be because you just keep, if you were doing two things at once, it would have been a 30 minute task, but instead you're just like, I shall do this. And I think anyone who has not been successful in a school setting knows exactly what I'm talking about because you have someone drilling you, you will just sit down and complete this. And I was like, I will complete this for four hours. You could have done that thing in 30 minutes. <laughs> Neurodivergent people know exactly what I'm talking about. You could have done the thing in 30 minutes if you could just do it in your own way, but you have to just like focus on how someone wants you to complete it and you can't. You can't. There's so many other variables in there. So it's really about knowing yourself and really about knowing what, how you work the best and being honest with how you're going to structure your time there on after. Absolutely. I mean, you have to look at how happy you are with your own productivity. Like if you're like, I'm good, I've got it mastered. You do not need, and you do not need to think about where you could improve. But this is really just for people who are, who are kind of like, I'm spinning my wheels. Like I feel like I'm doing a lot, but then I'm looking at the end of the day and I haven't really got the things accomplished that I wanted to, or I spent a whole bunch of time on things that weren't really that meaningful to me. And so I think that's, that's really what it all, what it all is, is if, if you're looking for ways to improve, these are just ideas. But if you feel as if you know how your brain works best and you're really happy with your productivity, then obviously nothing needs to change. Quick on the unwillingness to say no, though, or overloading oh, a schedule. There's true. been this that's new true. movement on like thinking about FOMO or 
Okay. This is created, I think, a lot of times by like the level at which we're moving, the internet. There's this always something is happening outside of the life that you're living, the things that you're currently doing, what you could be doing. And this for a lot of people creates a lot of anxiety and they don't want to say no, even though saying yes is not aligning with their value system. And this is a really important part when you think about self-sabotage and where your time is going. Could, if you evaluate the things that you're saying yes to, and they're not aligning, we need to, we need to have a little chat. We need to have a little chat with ourselves. Like we need to start practicing saying no to the things that are not aligning and feeling good about saying no. It's overwhelming to have unlimited choices and and oh God, so yeah. many ways like you n- literally never have to be bored in the world <laughs> you never you, you don't have to spend one single second bored and that's both exciting and overwhelming but i think that like you said it, it, if you're looking at a burnt out version of yourself um it could be you know that overloading of your schedule with things that really aren't they aren't it Let's move to some of our actionable tips because I want to give you some ways to get hours back every week. These are guaranteed to allow you to both feel more fulfilled about your time and also to allow you to have more of the time that you are seeking to do things that make you feel fulfilled. And you can't quit your job. <laughs> don't leave this that, podcast. Not right now. <laughs> I told you to quit your job. You're like, that's not fulfilling. I'm sorry. I'm totally told quit me. Okay, so some of these, I, I just want to say when it comes to this podcast or some of the things that we're talking about, we do a lot of research and thinking about some of the people who have come up with some great ideas. And some of the ones that I have incorporated into some of these strategies came from Jay Shetty. So I want to make sure to give intellectual credit to some of those because I think it's they're they're really important and they're really proven. It's a great person to follow. So my personal idol. But the first three that we're going to talk about is an audit, basically. So the first one is specifically towards time. You're going to spend a week noting how much time you devote to things that align with your core values. So how, depending on what they are, how you have identified them, and here are, you know, a couple of categories that they'll fall into, you know, family, friends, health, and self. And the areas that you spend your most time should reflect your values. And if they're not, this isn't like you have failed. It's not a pass or fail thing. This is an audit. So you kind of get an idea of where you're spending your time and does it align, somewhat align, doesn't align with what your core value systems are and the things that are important to you. So if you say that like, if you say that family is the most important thing to you, but in your spare, in your free time, in your spare time, you are at a bar drinking with your friends, not with your family. Those don't align, right? That doesn't align with what you say your core value system is. If you say that health is, you know, a pillar in your core value system, but you're spending more time with some unhealthy habits than going to the gym or caring for yourself, 
that doesn't align. And like we said on last week's podcast, if you didn't hear the happiness podcast, or I, I forget that wasn't last week. I don't know. I mixed up. But one of the most, the biggest tells when it comes to feeling unfulfilled or unhappy is oftentimes spending time in places that don't align with your core values. And we mentioned that then, and we'll mention it again, because it's worth noting that that is always going to leave you wanting. That is the kinds of behavior that leads people to say, there just aren't enough hours in the day. I just don't have enough time for what I want to do. It is a lack of core values versus reality. And, um, and so that is something to think about. And I, and I just same way, when we said with the happiness episode of pleasure is not happiness, is it pleasurable to go and drink a bar with friends? Absolutely. Does, does that have no place in your life whatsoever? No. But the thing is, when it comes to pleasure, those are going to be short serving. And so we need to always be cognizant of short serving versus something that actually aligns with the overall direction and my life purpose. And that's why, you know, I said, you can't stop showing up to work because one thing I thought I was like, you know, that's the first thing that people think of is like my, well, my top tip to have more time is like, I'm, I'm getting rid of that job. Okay. That job is a piece of shit and it's my biggest time suck. And I get that. But if you think about it for a second, you maybe have, you know, gone on vacation from your job for a week or whatever. And at the end, this has happened to everybody. At the end of your vacation, you're like, oh, damn, I really need to get back to my routine. <laughs> like if that's ever happened to you, it's likely because one of your core values is, has to do with productivity, success, um, any number of even if it's service to others, if your job is, if you've chosen a job that is aligned with your core values, you, maybe you miss your patients. Like you wouldn't want to be on vacation forever because that's downtime. That's pleasurable and it's necessary and it's needed, but it isn't aligning, laying on a beach for the rest of your life probably doesn't align with your core values. That probably yeah, that's what vacation looks like to you. We all have different versions. I'm just saying because everybody thinks the first thing to do is get their job. Well, yeah, but everybody thinks the first thing to do is, is to get rid of their job. And I just want to say, or if you've ever said, oh my God, I need to get away from these kids and you go on a trip away from your kids, right? And then you're literally sprinting through the airport to get back to them or FaceTiming them every single hour on the hour. These are why pleasure and core values are different because is it pleasurable to go on vacation without your kids and have a little bit of personal time to yourself? Absolutely. Does it align with your core values? Probably not. So that's not going to be lasting. So don't throw, don't throw out your kids. Don't throw out your job because somewhere something of them is serving you. And I just don't want us to get confused with just constantly going towards pleasurable, pleasurable behavior and thinking that that is the source of happiness. When you do your audit, you need to include media. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's the second step to, to doing a, another audit, but 
I think that it's it's important to realize that um, when you, you know when you're looking at your core values and you're looking at there are there's there's more than one right. So when you're thinking about going on a vacation to you looks like laying on a beach, that is serving you in many ways to yourself, filling your cup. Like that is, if that part is important to you, that's also on your core value system. And that dedicating time for that is really important. Or just, you know, dedicating some quiet time. If you're dedicating quiet time, that doesn't mean that time with your kids or time with your family isn't important. But we're looking at kind of like where we're spending some of this time and doing an audit of like, what are some of the most important ones? But if you did that audit, you'll notice media. There's no way that you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) No, there's no way you're a human on this planet and you did a time audit and you and media did not come up because a lot of us are spending an exorbitant amount of time on our phones. I'm not necessarily talking about like shows or, you know, movies, magazines, books, where we're spending where a lot of us are losing a lot of time is in media and social media. So what I want you to do as you've taken a a time audit and you've looked at maybe over the last week, this was what uh, I spent a lot of time on my phone, but you can just look in your phone settings and see where you are spending your time. You can look at the amount of time that you spent on your phone and then a breakdown of where it was like on social media, on games, browsing, browsing the web, wherever you spent your time. And you can take an audit of that. And if you see that you spent, this can be really shocking for a lot of people. So I, I do suggest that you do it in your audit of like in the last week, did you spend 10 hours on social media? Um, hours? What could you do with 10 hours? And I'm not saying that this is like a form of like shame or anything like anything like that, but it's good to take a good audit. You, you can do some settings on your phone that limit the amount of time or give you an alert when you spend too much time in a certain section. But it's really important to understand where are you spending some of your time? This came up this happened to come up. I was, I was with this girl and she was like on her phone. I thought she was on social media, but she's like playing a game. And it's almost one of those things that become subconscious. So you just like go to your phone and you're just kind of like playing this game that you constantly play all the time. But you're realizing you're taking some of the attention away from the things that may be important to you at that time, like your friends or your family or whatever, because you are spending that, that amount of time to look at, do the audit of social media or not just social media of media on your phone and see where the breakdown is. Autopilot is a dangerous place to be. It's unawareness of how you are spending your time. And that's a scary thing. And it also is contrary to any message of, I wish I had more time to do the things I love. Um, you don't want to be on autopilot. You, Our phones are literally, to me, the definition of autopilot. What is the first thing you do when you get in a waiting room? What is the first thing you do when you're waiting in a line? What is the very first thing you do when there's nothing else going on? It's okay to say, I want to use a a certain amount of my time to watch shows or to be on social media or whatever. That's, that's all okay. But I don't think anyone's core values. I've never met a person that's core values included creeping on strangers for multiple hours a week. (laughs) I'm sorry to make it weird, but like uh, watching other people's lives for multiple hours a week, I just don't (laughs) think that's in your core values. But if you look at the amount of time you're spending doing it, it's like, it's out of balance. 
oftentimes. And so um, I just, you know, I want to, I want to just bring it up. It's, it's worth let's, bringing let's up. Let's just see. This is just if an audit. Do, if it feels like a defensive thing, then that's like a thing to note too. Like if, if you feel defensive immediately, if someone says like, Hey, have you thought about how much time you're spending on your phone and how that aligns with what you want to do on your, with your time on this planet. And that feels defensive. It's like, okay, cool. Like notice that that's okay. That's okay. The third thing is we're going to look at your money. Money. We're going to look at your money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do an audit of the things that are important to you if you don't look at where you are spending your money, because where you're spending your money should reflect. And this is aside from, you know, basic needs being met. But those are included as well. When you think about like, is it important to me to live in a place that feels comfortable or that feels like it is reflected. That's why people buy stuff for their house that is or that serves me in some way. But aside from some of the, the basic needs, where are you spending your money and does it align with your values? What's the most important to you? And I really, this is another defensive one because God, everyone wants to argue about money and time really. Uh, <laughs> but where you are spending or allocating your money should reflect some of your values. So if you look at them and you say, what was my biggest investment this month? Or where did I spend the most time and how is that serving? Or where did I spend you know, the majority of my money and how is that serving me? It's an important one. If you're spending good portion of your money dedicated towards maybe your physical appearance. So many people are feeling offended, personally attacked right now. But... <laughs> Is your personal, is your physical appearance a core value for you? I'm not saying like yes or no, but is that one of the things that is the most important to you? Beauty is on the list. When you have your whole list of your things you're going to circle, it's on there. How important is that to you? You might be allocating a certain you know amount of money or Indian saying like, this is self-care, but be honest about where you are putting money in and how much of it really aligns with what your values are. And is this, this is one of those things where, you know, pleasure and feeling fulfillment comes initially to mind for me because is this serving us long term? Is this a short investment? Is it a long investment? And it, I'm not saying one way is right or the other. Is it for entertainment or is it for enlightenment? Is it for someone else? Is it for me? And you can kind of sift through where your values are when it's for someone else. Do I feel, you know, fulfilled? Do I feel like I'm, you know, providing service? Do I feel like I'm investing in loving and relationships? You can really see where your values are and how you want to make some adjustments there. Absolutely. So our first three tips Just in review, first thing you're going to do is you're going to note how much time you are devoting to your core values. And first thing you're going to do is just define what your core values are. And then you're going to look at the time spent in a week, one week, and you're going to say, okay, um, I can see that I have 25 hours that are fulfilling core values. The second thing you're going to do is a media audit. You're going to look at how much phone time you have and if that aligns with your core values and just looking at the actual amount of hours in front of you. And then you're going to look at your money and you're going to look at where funds are being allocated and how those align with your core values. 
The fourth thing you're going to do for an actionable tip. Can I just give some like small examples in comparison with those? Because I think it's really important for people to hear. Sure. So when you are thinking about your core values and, and thinking about money, um, a lot of people use this coffee habit as just a, a good example. Now with inflation, it's probably more than $4, but $4 a day on coffee is $1,500 a year. And some of you are like, yeah, but I need it. But when it comes to some healthy food choices, on average, it's a dollar fifty per day, which comes out to about $550 a year. But a lot of us are making the choice that's not worth it. Is health on, you know what I mean? And just that's a personal decision for you. Another one of the ones that that was a big eye opener for me with time, we say like 15 minutes of scrolling through social media, that's me time, I need it. But 15 minutes of meditation, I don't have time for that. Which ones are going to make you feel more fulfilled and aligned with yourself? And you just decide what that looks like for you. And sometimes it can be different every day, right? The caveat is that like we can say this is what I need right now, but just be careful with saying that every single day because what you need right now might be different than what you need overall in your life for happiness and fulfillment and good time management. The fourth thing we're going to do is we are going to delegate and outsource. I want you to choose one thing, one thing. This is not a difficult task, perfectionists and control freaks. I'm speaking to myself. We're going to choose one thing this week and we're going to delegate it. If that's a meal, if making a meal, if that's grocery shopping, if that's buying school supplies, if that's walking a jog, I don't care. I want you to take one of your repeatable tasks and I want you to delegate it. Now, I will give this as an affront. If you have someone around you that is practicing weaponized incompetence, you need to speak seriously about what you're doing with them. I want you to take that out of the equation. I want you to take out of the equation the idea that I can't give this to someone else because they're going to purposely do it wrong. You are stealing from your own time with those kind of attitudes. Is there something that you delegated or outsourced this week? Is there something? Yeah. Well, I have, I feel I've done a fairly good job recently in my recent amount of time of saying like, I need to outsource some of the things that especially have to do with my son, because those are things that I have a, the hardest time relinquishing control of. And this week I, my husband took my son to the baseball practice and I went to get dinner and I would never allow that. I would go to the baseball practice and then go get dinner and then like have this whole big thing. I was like, I don't have any time and, and my whole day is shot. But I let him do that because um, that's appropriate and that was needed. And I just, I didn't want to continue to hold on to the fact that my whole day was sort of being rocked by the fact that I needed to be at baseball practice for three hours. Take one thing. Take one thing, give it to someone. I don't care how small it is. It can be laundry. It can be anything. Just take one thing and see how that feels. Speak to the people around you and then 
we're going to practice this behavior of delegating and outsourcing, and we're going to get used to it. And we're going to feel how it feels. And we're going to see the results of like, nobody died. All right. Last but not least, I would like you for actionable tips to um, establish more routines. If you have a reoccurring task that you've audited and you said yes to it, yes, this aligns with my core values. I'm going to use an example of like, I really require a very clean and organized house that serves me and calms me in ways that are important to me. I've run it through my core value system and I've said, yes, 100%. These are, this is the environment that I need to live in. If it makes the cut, then immediately set a repeatable routine for it. Okay. It made the cut. So every single night I have a routine that Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I load the dishwasher. The other days my husband loads the dishwasher, but it never is no one. There's a routine. There is a repeatable task that everybody understands. And I'm going to, if I'm not outsourcing it, then I'm going to um, make it so routine that I don't need to think about it. I don't have to stand at the sink for 15 minutes going, should I do these dishes? <laughs> They're staring True. at me. Mm -hmm. That's a time thief. And you have a rule around it of like, they, these are the times, this is the structure. And I think a lot of people do this with the gym where they say like, I, well, it's important to me. I want to go, but they don't have any structure around it. And then it just becomes, should I go that, that part, like, should it then? And we talked about so many ways of like just putting on your sneakers, getting your warm up in like blah, blah, blah to get you going. But if you have some structure and a routine to it, you take those questions out of it and it becomes more concrete and aligned with what you would like to see. And you've been purposeful about deciding that's something that is important to me. Health is important to me. And I do it at this time. It's part of my routine. It's like brushing my teeth. That's what people say when they say like make fitness like brushing your teeth. That's what they're referring to. They're not saying it's easy. They're not saying they're motivated. They're not saying any of that. What they're saying is I've taken a thing. I've run it through my core values. I've decided it belongs. And now it's just routine. It's just habit. I can do it on autopilot. And I constantly reassess if this still fits, right? Because we don't want to be living on autopilot. And then we're like living in a set of values that are from five years ago. But yeah, it, it's got to be routine in order to be easy. And I guarantee you, you will feel so much less of the decision fatigue that leads to that burnout because you didn't have to decide if you were going to do the dishes. It was never in discussion. It's just part of the routine. You were never going to decide if the gym was in the cards for today. If it's Wednesday, it's in the routine. And that is, I think, a way that people can take so much of those little time sucks out of their day and get hours back. Not spinning wheels is what I call it. I want to just acknowledge people that are going through some type of, as they're doing some of this audit, they're going through some transition of like what is at the top of their list and how to kind of set routines around that. Because I think specifically I can speak to this as I've readjusted some of the things that I've been 
important to me or have been higher on my value system currently with the season that I'm in. And one of the um, interesting part about that is you kind of have this push pull with yourself with being like, well, this is still important to me. It's still on my value system. But another one is teetering right next to it. And I already have a routine established with this one. So how do I fit in another? And that can be a really difficult time to try to figure out how do I fit this new thing in? And like I've decided investing in my relationship is very important to me. But that contradicts with some of the routines that are already in place. Some of the time that I spend at the gym, some of the time that I spend working, it contradicts with some of the things that are also still important to me. But that's a great, exciting time. That's a great time to acknowledge that some of your adjustments are going to be made and they're uncomfortable. And you don't have to say like forever, this is exactly how it's going to look. You can try out some of these routines. And like Rachel's decided, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is her her dishes day. There's no question about it. She's not saying there, am I doing it? You're doing it, whatever. That's, that's decided that works for them. So they're going to, they're going to run with that. But sometimes when you're establishing some of these new routines, you say like, does this work for me? Like, I'm not sure taking time away from here. Like, do I feel as good? Like, do I feel it might feel weird at first, but ultimately it will feel better. So I don't want you to think as you make some of these adjustments, if you're like, "Uh, -uh, this doesn't feel good going to the gym three times a week, I'm sore, I'm tired, whatever. Give it a little bit of time to kind of adjust. And then you can evaluate if it's right for you, if it fits right in, in your life. Oh, that's a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Change is hard. Change is painful. And it doesn't mean change is wrong. It just simply means that we would prefer, (laughs) our brain would prefer to stay on the current path. And there are unlimited things pulling at our time. And it's just all about prioritizing and prioritizing is hard too. So we hope that this has been really helpful in just looking at your time, evaluating yourself and getting some of that precious time back because it's really the only thing that matters in the end. And it's the only thing that we can't buy, barter or trade more of. So um, protect it, really, really protect it and maximize it for your life. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.